Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. You know, I, I missed the bus. That's how I know this happened too soon. We're talking about pop smoke now. Pop smoke. Man. I missed. The, I didn't even get on the bus. I didn't even know the, the the door of the bus was open. Yeah. And this young man has already been taken from us. Today it happened like early this morning in Hollywood. Uh, pop smoke. Twenty years old. Rising artist out of twenty. Brooklyn. Twenty years old. Rising out artist out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, was gunned down in an apparent home invasion in his house or the home that he was staying at in Hollywood Hills. So I saw this on Twitter. Like, yeah, it's it's not only was he 20 years old, but imagine coming up in Brooklyn as a youth, Mm -hmm. making it out, you know, you know, finally being on your way to stardom, you know, arguably already a star, you know, and you get gunned down across the country. Wow. In your home, in your house, man. I uh, I heard that it was. That's her right there. I heard that it, he like um, last night he got a package or whatever and put it on his gram, and then the package on the gram had his address in it, and that's actually what led to the home invasion. People being able to see the address and then dragging him down. Yeah, he dropped it's the a, pen, right? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's real sad, right? So you know, we just want to show a little love to this young man. I see a lot of people talking about like beware of the people you're around. And I get that. I feel like that's something that we always hear in retrospect. But, yeah. you know, how can things like this really be avoided? What do you really say? Because, you know, we're losing these young kids left and right for so many different reasons, whether it be drugs or, you know, gun being gunned down or to the federal system. I don't even know, bro. Yeah. It's just, I, don't even know, I don't even know how to. Is this a. I don't know if this is the right time. To be um, having these conversations, but is it is it a systemic issue or is this an individual problem? I feel like I sound like an asshole right now. No, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying because I'm already seeing like just in the in the two hours I've been able to read up on the story about Pop Smoke, um, I'm just seeing. I'm kind of starting to see a debate already forming around some individuals are like, well, this is the lifestyle that he rapped about. These are the people that. You know, these are the things that he talked about. Is it more indicative of his lifestyle, or do we have a problem with keeping entertainers safe? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely gang-affiliated, um, okay. okay, for what it's worth. But, you know, on the flip side, I'm tired of that always kind of being an excuse or something that's brought up for, you know, other young men of ours, you know what I mean, in our community. So, I don't know. I don't want it to be a, a sad episode. but um, I admit, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually a little tight that the young man was taken from us so soon. I just, when I got to the studio today, this is the first time I was able to, oh, live and walk, black history just walked in the building. What's up, baby? We got a whole lot What's of up, baby? Building, man. We need to just start introducing some You know what? Folks, you know what? Know? People are walking into the building. You want, uh, you we do have some new off, people. You know what? Let's go ahead and start yeah. it off. Set it off, man. Uh, in case you didn't know, we want to welcome the eavesdroppers into the conversation. Welcome to the Over the Shoulder Podcast. The shoulder. This is your chance to eavesdrop on four professional, well, we got six professional creatives in the building six. as we navigate the ups and downs, the lefts and rights of the creative field, and we continue to push 
the possibilities on the creative process. Our host for this week, of course, is your main man, 20 Grand, right here, your boy, Bimo Brown. What's up, everybody? The man himself. <laughs> She's so excited about them horns. Like, I, don't think, I don't think you understand. It's about to be more horns. I'm going to be looking back at you because if you hear this, just make a fire on them. <laughs> just flames. <laughs> She's entirely... She's entirely too happy about that. I'm so excited. I so, everyone. why don't you introduce yourself and then introduce our guest? So, my name is Thomas, uh-huh. aka Thomas the Great, uh-huh. aka the facilitator. Yes, sir. Because I'd be out here facilitating, right? So, one of the things I facilitated, all assists. Well, is 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 that uh. Our friend here uh-huh. is about to put Trezzo on the podcast. Mm. So I flipped the table on it. I'm like, you deserve two. Be That's on real. The podcast. Yeah. Pipeline works both ways, baby. Yeah. Exactly. So it- I have my friend here, Lauren Gay, a.k.a. Mm. Little Hustler, a.k.a. Everything. 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 Wardrobe consultant. Everything. Uh, yeah. Wardrobe everything. consultant, retail consultant, retail consultant. Ma- manager. Uh-huh. Been a manager there, uh-huh. like any major store in Georgetown. Personal she pre- probably been in there. Uh, on that I ass. <laughs> yeah, Merchandise yeah, for a, a showroom. And then, and then, Shout she, out to IG, uh, and then she might drop in like a commercial wardrobe stylist for, you know, like any major company. Just, oh, yeah? you know, just like that. Just like that. Casually Downtown drop the bomb like in a little that. conversation. Oh, places like okay. like that. <laughs> Another job. Anyway, it's the kid, Mr. Backpack Matt, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. SBO, the silent partner. Y'all skip me. I just wanted to get that out the way, but nobody skipped you, baby. Nobody skipped you. (laughs) Solid part. Proceed, proceed. Uh, We want to welcome Lauren to the show. We do have in the building with us two other guests. They might jump on the on the on the mics. I'm gonna ask them to introduce themselves. We'll just see. We're gonna see what happens. See if we can stir up a little positive conversation. As always, we're coming to you live from the lobby of the Line Hotel, right here in Chocolates. Well. Right here in Washington, D.C. You feel me? You feel me? On full service radio. Wow. You are Shout out my man Jared in one corner. Shout out my man Chris Pirate in the other. Boy, this is a heavy room right here. Shout out uh, our producer extraordinary in the booth, Miss Alexia. Hey, girl. Hey. How's it going? Every single time. We trapping, baby. Yep, that's right. No shots fired, but no you know, I, I have been walking around DC the last couple of days and we looking mighty white. Yeah. Dang. Mighty white. I wouldn't be surprised yes. if when the census data comes back, we find out not only did we lose the 70 30 majority, it's actually flipped up on the ass. It's 70 30 the other way now. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a lot of it's white pretty people close. in DC. It's pretty close. I think they've taken over 14th Street. They've taken Ooh. over DuPont. They've taken over Adams Morgan. That's a lot of white folks in DC. They've Shaw. taken over Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we still got A Street. Yeah, a little bit. We got, we got A Street for a little while. <laughs> they, they, but they just shut down now. Horace and Dickies. Come on. Don't get me crying again, brother. Oh, oh they did. That was yeah. so sad. Well, I'm like I heard... literally down the street from them. So I live yeah. probably 10 minutes walking distance from Horace nice. and Dickies. So I've been in that area since... 06. Okay. I remember when there was nothing on A Street. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing people jumping on cabs trying to get home because they already knew that was the last ride for the weekend. No one's driving you back to Virginia. No. You're about to have a sleepover yeah. here or be robbed. <laughs> but um, whatever comes first. And now it's like... It's completely, it's completely so different. different. Well, the good news is, I just read an article in the city paper, the business that might be taking over Horace, Horace and Dickies might be Jerk at Night. I oh. heard that. Oh. No, someone said that. And there's another... Restaurant that just popped up, milk or something that's been really popular. Milk and honey. Uh, milk yes. and honey. Milk just and uh, honey. milk and honey they, they, just they bought took out over, uh, Smith, Smith, Smith. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah they bought that out was kind of sad. Uh, that's actually that's an interesting case story too. That's a good. It's a good uh, example of when a corporate entity takes over a local 
business and they create a true partnership. The name of the business is actually now is what Milk and Honey presents Smith Commons. Uh, and so, oh, so what they okay, were what smart. they were intentional about was yeah we're going to gut some of the infrastructure yes we're going to put some money into the place but we're going to keep the same staffing we're going to keep the same culture that made this place successful we just want to infuse it with a little more juice milk and honey milk and honey money money oh it is money mm. I didn't know that time so thanks man shout milk out to, and honey, money. Okay. to you know companies like Jerk at Night that started from Howard's campus right down right? Denver right on Howard's campus yeah. baby many a nights where I pulled up over there on 4th street to get me a, a quick bite that's right the Jerk um, and Mac baby but so to see them get a brick and mortar you know that's something that's to be like proud of baby. At the yeah. same time, you kind of wish that it was a, a move of expansion in terms of more black-owned companies and more right. staples as, a, as opposed to just a replacement right. and kind of maintaining. But right. yet and still, we got to... I mean, that's kind of an interesting argument for H Street because there's Kitchen Cray coming. Kitchen Cray's coming. And there's Kitsuin that just happened. What's right. that? Kitsuin? Pusha T's. Pusha yes. T's Ramen Spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. With, with so that's Wayne, Wayne and... Uh, Wayne and uh, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that? Is that by Maketo? Huh? Is that by Maketo? Across the street. Yeah. Okay. Like a block much. away. I've okay. been there. The food, drinks, very good. Haven't been upstairs yet. But I'm weird about like food hookah experiences. Like, I don't know if I can grub on some ramen when someone's blowing like apple mint hookah Word. in my face. Like, I'll be like. <laughs> I don't know as, if that's the kind That's kind of interesting when you, when you put it like that. Connoisseur. Oh, Lord. Apple like, if I'm eating spice. chicken wings and you blow watermelon my in my face, I'm be yeah. like, My jersey's up at Apple. But what's the spot in... And DuPont, the uh, the ramen slash, well, the hookah slash sushi spot. Oh, you're talking about um, uh, ginseng, um, ge- oh, what the crap it was. It's right it was, above um, a Chipotle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know if it's, if it's done the right way, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. then again, if the aesthetics of a ramen spot mixed with the hookah bar is dope, it'll probably be overpriced. That's just kind of the, the formula right. that you have to follow. Like, if it's, if it's great service, good quality aesthetics, usually it's, the shit ain't cheap. It's, well, it's not. overpriced. It's yeah. not going to be. It's nice, DC, but so. it's, I've, I mean, a hookah there is running you like $65. Right. Boy, that hurt my heart, but it, it Just is a little bit, right, everyone? Yeah, I heard that too. I was like, whoo, I want to support you, but. Lord. A where is that one? I think it's sixty five or something like that. <laughs> At Kitsuin? Yes, oh, we were nah. trying. I was oh, trying nah. to go there. That's why. <laughs> That's that I'll eat there and support my people and all my bartenders. Everyone that works there, shout outs, love you all. I will be there. Tips all day. No, no. tips. All day. I don't I'm know sorry. if I can do that. Not with the. Is, I'm assuming that shit is built in. <laughs> yeah, look. I'm gonna buy everything. The got to be included at this point. Everything. I'm gonna buy everything except the hookah. I know that shit ain't sixty. That's what I mean. I buy a drink. I buy a food. I don't know about the hookah. That's what I mean. I'm supporting all aspects, but sixty-five dollars. I was like, dear yeah, lord. Nah. Yeah, nah. And y'all know I'm not really about that that crowd shit either, man. Give me a good intimate space, thirty-five people, right? Good speakeasy type open bar. Speakeasy. I'm ready. Huh? Yes. Give me my shoulder space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah. need, sh- yeah. I need yes. to be able to move. Yeah. No cap, I need right. to be able to right. shimmy. Yes. You feel me? Nice yes, I need. Mm-hmm. You got me. You can't be here. Uh, nah. If I feel your breath on my neck for no reason, I'm like, yo, I well, need you to back too up, old sir. For that shit. Yeah. So I looked at my notes, Lauren, and I saw that you are oh, no. uh, an event coordinator. I too am an event coordinator. Can you speak more? We're just going to get to this conversation right. about intimacy. Can you speak more? to how that's kind of like influenced the moves that you make in some of the events and how you approach your creative. I think with every event that I plan for a client, I kind of ask them the atmosphere of what they want and then based on the product, what they're wanting. So I did a event for a 
woman. She lives in New York now. Her name's Molly Sheen. She was Bob. She used to make leather fanny packs and harnesses. Um, nice. If you ever saw Broad City, mm-hmm. hers were the fanny packs they used to wear on oh, the nice. show. Nice. So that's what she used to do. She wanted to branch more into the DMV area. She loves DC, but she just didn't know if there was a market there for her bags here and in New York. Okay. So we did a pop-up. So okay. I picked a spot, funny enough, on 8th Street, Suspacio. Nice. We did something upstairs. We did a day brunch. Then we had everything hanging really nicely. Oh. So it's always, and that was really intimate. Small crowd. We had about 20 plus people, but I always ask people, like, what's your target market? Like, what do you want to make from this? What makes sense based on your travel? How much the product is? How much time you're going to be here? What will make you happy? Right. That's my end goal. So yeah. if she's like, I want to leave with three thousand dollars in my pocket, she's leaving with three thousand dollars in her pocket. You see how that's she broke part. that down? That's yeah, so, this, this is why I like it. So it that's is. what it's really about too, because you have to realize the cost that person is um, how much it costs for them to come down here, how much it's costing for every night they stay here, how much mm-hmm. it costs to load it. Then you have to pay someone to help you. Then you have to pay me to do like it. do your best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all a budget. So she has already dropped about a thousand dollars on that. So she needs to make a thousand dollars. Plus another thousand for it to actually mm-hmm. come out even, plus a third thousand so you actually feel like you made a profit and this trip is worth it. That's right. So that's what I do for every event, whether it's an intimate event or something big. You really want to ask your client the end game of what they want from this event to make them happy because you can give them everything you want in this beautiful atmosphere, but if you don't sell anything, so what's is, the point? This is if, true consulting, yes. true uh, budgeting, staffing. Yes. This is like free information. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, that's <laughs> what over the shoulder is about. Yeah. We get yeah. we dropping these gems so the people who are eavesdropping can do that. But mm-hmm. you preach you preach it to the choir right now, sister. You, right. I know exactly where you're coming from. How do you know to ask these questions? Like, were you trained this way? Did you go to school for Trial this? And error. Did you, yeah. How did you How did you develop this skill? This I intuition. I guess with. I asked the questions that I didn't want to be asked if I was in their position. Plus, in my head, I think it's because I'm a Detroit native. So for me, I'm always about hustling, always about money. So if I'm doing something, I'm like, how much am I making? How many hours do you want me to work? Breaking it down that way in my head. So I've always been kind of that person to break down the money aspect of it, but in a respectful way. So right. I always like... That's almost my first question, and it's the hardest question to ask. I think that people don't ever really want to t- talk about like money, and you don't sure. want to talk about how much it's going to cost. It's kind of like just ripping off a bandaid. Let's just get that just out of the way, so we can get all to the fun spot, yeah. to the fun stuff. So that's how I've always been in my life. I always like let's just talk about money, and let's just get this done, so then I can get more creative, and we can go from there. But you're also, from what I'm get- gathering, you're pitching it or presenting it in a way where it's transparent. Right, just seeing how much money they got to put down, but you're also providing a value add already and saying like, yo, but this is what we have to gain. Exactly. And so, you know, and somebody's in a position of already making profit and seeing how those numbers lay out to justify that, then they're more willing to be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. And sometimes you always have to work with people's budgets and you always have to, I always ask people the budget because people, and you'll know from like doing events, mm-hmm. people want like the moon and the stars to be like, okay, so I want this event. I want gold tables. I want linens. I think I want a marble statue over a here in a fountain. Carpet. Right, and you're like, okay, cool. So let me break this down for you. That's going to be about a two thousand dollars experience. If that's what you want, I can make it happen. You can get it working, yeah. Right, but then they're like, oh, and I got two fifty. Like, right, <laughs> and trust, I've done an, I've done events with like I'm telling you, like a hundred fifty dollar budget and like a prayer. I used to look up at God, be like, yeah. um, we gonna do this together? Cool. And things Amen. have just worked out. Amen. But I think that's what you always have to ask. I think the first question, if you're planning events, planning a, um, a pop-up for someone, at a, wherever it is, you have to always ask them their budget. How much are you spending 
so we know how much we need to make so that this was worth it. Because a lot of small businesses, a lot of people, you spend so much money trying to get yourself out there and brand awareness that in the day you realize you've made no money. So that means you can't make that product again, or that means you can't do the event. So I have a question regarding pop-ups and, yes. you know, wanting a good attendance, right? But you, you also want to bring in revenue as well. So what is your philosophy in charging at the door versus leaving it uh, like a low barrier of entry, like free and kind of relying on the products themselves? I'm sure you've worked with a multitude of different clients who have different scenarios. That's a good question. It's a good question. So, if you question. provide someone <laughs> with, if you provide an event or um, a pop-up with any type of entertainment where there's going to be something that they are going to be willing to pay for, like a mini show or something, mm-hmm. people will translate and be like, oh, I'm spending $20 at the door because so-and-so is going to be in perform or this type of book signing event or something like that. Precise. People can justify that. Mm-hmm. When you're just selling products or you're like, I got this t-shirt line or I sell buttons or pins and you're charging someone and I know it sounds bad, whether it's $5 or $20, people are going to think you lost your mind. Yeah. It's like, yeah. think about this theory. How old are you? If you don't I'm, mind almost, me I'm 29. 29. Closer to 30. Right. Every time there's a cover for you to go into a bar. No. Right. You just said the answer <laughs> right there. About? Simple. Yeah. Right there. What are we talking about? Right. You want me to pay money to spend money on product? Right. That's crazy. Right. So I think that if you're selling product, your product needs to be ready and good. Have your website up. Have, have more than one item. I love some of my friends, but sometimes when we make things, um, I guess, like custom or like one of a kind, right. it's amazing. But unless it's something like vintage where people understand they only can get one of it because you had to search for the it. The value of it. Right. It's really hard that if I see a sweatshirt you have on and you only have one in a medium and I want to buy one, now I got to wait two weeks for you to make a new one, order it, have a process. So I say have multiples. You have to have a little bit of a shelf life, but your presentation will sell itself. The product should sell itself if it's good. Yeah. So that's why I don't think you should charge. For any type of pop-ups you do, you shouldn't charge people to get there. You want to make sure to do at least anywhere from two weeks to like a month of advertising, marketing, mm-hmm. networking. If you have to get out there with your shirts on, if you have to have two Come or three of your friends like you hear this? posting it with your clothes on, being like, oh my God, I can't wait for this pop-up, that's what you need to do. Those are the things that will help bring brand awareness so that when you have this event, then you have at least like any event, whether it seems it's going to seem like a low number, but if you're doing a pop-up and you have anywhere from 15 more people that showed up, that should be a success for you, especially as a small business, especially if you're only doing 30 days of outreach, branding, awareness, and marketing. That's great. But you have to realize those 15 people, they're telling people. They're on Instagram. They're tagging it. So you don't even realize the huge outreach you're making versus this one little small event. But it really just starts like at the first experience of not having to pay. Mm-hmm. Our free RSVPs make people feel special. Now, if you want RSVP so you can somewhat get like a head count, do it and make sure it's free. Mm-hmm. But if you charge me, and I know I sound petty, if you charge me $5 to come in and I'm about to buy a $60 t-shirt from you or a sweatshirt, got me messed up. Guess what I'm doing? Boop, going to a bar. And I feel, I feel like that goes into like the cultivating the hundred over chasing the thousand, if, if that makes any sense. Go for like, it. Like, is... is because you look at your hundred and be like, okay, they like this. Uh, um, they like when I do this. They, they um, you're tapping into certain things. It makes it, it makes it easier to keep building off that. But if you're chasing a thousand, sometimes you don't know what in the thousand or what part of the thousand that they really like. So yeah, I, that's I, that's a very I, important. I agree a hundred percent. And just to you know close this thread out, uh, 
one situation which I'm sure you've come across in D.C., we all have, is that the people who are the creatives, you know, or the collectives don't own the spaces. And the people who own the spaces who are willing to collaborate with the people who are the creative collectives need something, you know, in their hand, too, in terms of some sort of deal to be struck. So you either got to pay them up front, which not all creative collectives have the bread for, or they got to take a percentage of the door and they require you to do the door. So, you know, what is everybody's thoughts on the concept of bundles, right? Because although I will not pay $20 at the door for any bar, I will go go to Airbnb experiences and pay for like, or Groupon and feel like, hey, if I'm paying 20 at the door, I'm getting a shirt, I'm getting two free drinks, I'm getting X, Y, and Z, something to justify that. Or option three, if you're doing a pop-up something at a bar, what you can say is that, and what I do with some partnerships and bars, I say that I'll make sure that your bar hits a certain amount. Mm -hmm. They hit that amount with drinks and specials and stuff like that, the space is paid for itself because at the end of the day, you have to... They want to know how this is going to benefit their restaurant. It's going to bring awareness. It's going to be marketing. And you have to tell them it's obviously going to bring sales. Where's the sales going to bring in? Booze. Right. All they want to see is that bar. Repeat customers. Yeah, they want to see the bar go up. That's it. They if, want to make a profit. Right. If you do that on Wednesday or Thursday, it's slower for them. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing, too. If you want to get into certain event spaces and certain bars, pick their slow night. Right. Tell them, ask them, what's the night where they don't make the most money? That's when you want to come in because that's when you can show them exactly like, you guys are making $100 at night. Now you guys are up to making $700 because I brought in these people. Not only did they support and shop with me, they were getting their drink on at your bar right. because you did not charge them at the door. Right. Like, oops, I bust a bumble. Bundles, and here's the thing. Bundles are a catch-22 because you have to think about unless you're going to like ball in these bundles and that's another cost you have to think about as like a small business or doing pop-ups. It's a lot of stuff to do a bundle that makes it worthwhile. Like $20 bundle, what are you going to do? Give them like a tote. It's probably going to be something that they're going to throw away because it's not going to be like a nice canvas one. If you want to get canvas one, if you want to get good black lettering, if you want to get a good strap, that's all money in itself and that can like add up very quickly. Then what else do you want? I want a t-shirt. I want a real bundle. Why would you give me a free t-shirt? You want me to buy your product on your table. Right. So you have to be careful about bundles. Um, And I think that... the presentation of them. Right. And I think that one thing is like you have to... You have to put value on what you're doing, that it's worth what you're charging. Mm-hmm. So why would you give us all this free stuff in the beginning? We haven't even done anything yet. Make the customer like earn being a client at times. You know what I mean? Make the rewards that they get be more appreciated like throughout time. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. I think that the one thing, if I can give any advice to smaller businesses out there, it's like know the worth of your product and the worth of what you're doing and charge people Accordingly, people will pay for service if they want it. People, I used to, when I was younger, I used to undercharge organizing closets. I'd be in a closet for like five hours and charge someone $150. Mm-hmm. Do the math on that. I'm yep. only paying myself like 20 something dollars, if that. That doesn't include taxes I have to take out. That doesn't include the travel I made. I didn't realize my value. I was so hungry and thirsty to get someone just to hire me and pay me money that I didn't realize that I need to make sure that. Build in those costs. Right. I didn't account for the fact that I drove to Rockville first. <laughs> right. I had to drive back. Exactly. And I start doing that and you have to realize that. So even with pop-ups, like give people an atmosphere where they have fun, good music. Like honestly, good music. Make sure the bar has a good bartender, a good atmosphere and your products, they're looking nice. It is going to sell. I've seen it way too many times at bars. And if you work relationships with the bartender and you work relationships with, hey, we're going to make sure the bar tab hits about a thousand mm-hmm. versus paying for the space for this hours. 
I guarantee they'll take the bars over the initial cash. And oh, it just yeah. depends on the So two of my favorites that do what she do, she's talking about, about like they do their things at bars and it's always a fun time. One would be Chris Cardi. Exactly. And the other would be Dreams of Triumph. Like Dreams of Triumph, well, he'll go to H, uh, um, Chinatown on, on H Street over there, do his joint in a, a spot called Crimson. But like he makes it his space Crimson. and there's always some sort of good... Uh, 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 um, right. Good deal on the drinks. Like it's always the two of those together, and you know you're going to enjoy yourself. Drink so, specials. There we go. Chris yeah, Cardi and Dreams of Triumph definitely get a shout out here. Yes, that's yeah, that's your bundle. Have them on the show. Exactly. No, and Chris is even smart. Like he worked. You can. He worked out a relationship at one point where like you got discounts if you bought a glass with his with his logo and everything on it. Took it to the bar. You got a discount on your beer that went in there. Finding those relationships. Well, the boy is clever. The boy smart. is clever. It's very clever, very smart. But that's what I'm saying. There's so many other ways to give people an experience they want to have without you having to like give so much compromise. of yourself away or compromise the quality of your product and the quality of what it is. Like, I am trying this whole thing for 2020. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to only purchase and support small businesses. So mm-hmm. a lot of my clothing that I'll be buying will be coming from all of you fine gentlemen in here. Word. And ladies out Appreciate there. That. Shout out. Um, but that is my goal. So like I'm gonna pay the fifty, sixty dollars. I'll probably pay a hundred dollars or more. Is it gonna hurt? Yeah, it hurts, okay? Supporting small is hard, okay? Sure. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. No, um, but why do you how do you think that benefits the community by supporting small businesses? I think that, like, it's kind of like just showing the action that you care. As crazy as it sounds and as corny as it sounds, I think that if you support, if you support small businesses within your area where you are, you are supporting, like, your community. Someone that lives in that community, someone that you're supporting, it's probably your neighbor. So you're helping them to pay rent, bills, keep their lights on, anything. And I think that if we all kind of start a movement like this, it's going to change the game of retail. I mean, and I think that it has to start with, like, us being more conscious as consumers. Yes. Do I? I don't think that I go through moments where I'm not perfect. I'll still get myself a good Zara experience. Okay, they have really nice pieces. I hate to say it. And they've been giving (laughs) you those 99 cent sales. Yes, I know. where? Where is Zara? Zara? No, you know, I've, I've splurged on Zara a few times. Yeah. Zara, like, I'd be balling. I'd be like, what? Kim, yeah. talk to me. The from Express the box yeah. sale from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Wow. No. Especially <laughs> for the dress shirts. The Express dress shirts. Dress <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shirts, you I got that to, three for five nights. Yeah, that was an error, man. I had to dig in the crates for that one. That was an error. Ooh. So, so Ooh, I, feel, I feel like <laughs> if I didn't break down your breadth of experience, I'd be doing you a disservice. Oh no, you guys so, are so, horrible. It's like, long. It's from, long. From, from my conversations with her uh, outside of this, like, the collection of her experience is what makes her a unique fit for the things that she's doing now. So, like, take us through some of these spots that you worked at. All right. Here we go. Whew, this is going to be long. I started, my first job was 14. I worked at Sears Harbor Sears, Store. Sears fam, Sears fam. Yay. Oh, nice. So after Sears, I worked at American Eagle in a mall. That was an error. Oh, yeah. It's from that American was definitely Eagle. an error. That was an error. I worked for J. Crew when they used to have the little flip wallets with the little, like, you know, that tie belt stuff. Yeah. Worked during that era. Also I worked for, um, let's see, I worked for Starbucks. 
Starbucks was Go where off. I started yeah. in Michigan, right? Yeah. I was like, I was drink certified, okay? I could make you a latte in under two minutes, and it was weight certified. Yeah, Starbucks used to, like, make you take classes, and your drink had to weigh a certain amount wow. for it to be serviceable. I never knew it was that technical. Oh, I... She can eyeball <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a recent Starbucks... <laughs> I am not you jerk. You were saying, it took me, like... Almost a month before they let me on the bar. They weren't playing games. So like, girl, you better push these buttons until you get drink certified. It was, wow. I had to take a coffee class. Everything. I knew where the Real coffee hit your here. palate. The baristas back in the day used to have like. You knew the what of my palate now? I knew where the coffee should hit your palate. Wow. Like if it's like a dark. I never saw that precise. Yeah. Right. It hits like certain it hits the side. hit a different side That's of your base, right? um, palate and how you select. So I don't, I don't even like coffee, right? I only like like a dibble, a dabble of coffee in my drink. Oh my god, you want those like people that be like drink? like a baby Wait. shot of coffee? So no, no, not, 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 not that. <laughs> not that. I'm usually getting he gets a, a cup like of milk and like like my, my favorite, my favorite drink from them. I like you a lot, Lauren. My, my, favorite, my favorite drink from them is a, a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino, and there's like literally minimal coffee in it. And mostly like Alexia's Alexia's <laughs> giving you the shut shut up uh, <laughs> shut up face. Anyway, so basically you like extra sugar and hot chocolate. That just sounds I don't like a even like fancy hot chocolate. Cream with a little bit of coffee. So where else did you work, Lauren? After yeah, Starbucks, where else? What else let, let's get we're done with Tom Tom. Oh, okay. White House Black Market. So White no, House Black yourself, Market. Um, I also worked for. Oh my God, I have to, yeah, White House Black Market. Then I Word. worked for Allison Olivia. Then I worked for the Fry Company, actually helped open up the Fry Company in the Georgia location. So nice. started from the ground up, permits, hiring, um, product knowledge, training, all that. So Boy. did the Fry Company. I worked for Barney's New York in Georgetown. I worked there, and I used to work at the Bethesda location sometimes. I also worked for Diesel, visual merchandising, travel, Zara, visual merchandising, and travel. I worked for Rag and Boom. Um, where I did more client outreach and pop-ups events outside of Rag and Bone and then brought it back in, did most of their consignments, and I used to like work with my clients. If I didn't shop for them, then I was organizing closets as well. And then I work for the Showroom DC mm. on 14th and K. That's an event space, so I help mm. with the, um, as a manager there, I just make sure they follow the rules and they don't burn the building down when my, um, actually friends, I've been to a wedding that they own the space. Their name's Sarah and Ross. Shout out to you guys. I love nice. them. Um, they just kind of gave me the opportunity. They're one of the reasons and helped me kind of slowly but surely get out of working all this retail. And then I feel like I'm forgetting another retail spot. No. I don't, I don't have it. I, that's I know super don't have impressive. It. No, no. I think that's it. it. I think that's horn? it, yeah. She, she, so pretty much every Draw retail spot. Draw some fire on that one. Hey. No <laughs> fire, really? She's right there. She's right there. She was just playing with you. She pretty much opened up or worked at every retail spot in Georgetown. Like, for real. The only the only thing I didn't hear was like suit supply and Nike like those were the oh only I worked two. for Indochino, Indochino the man's place I forgot okay I did I worked for Indochino and then, oh and I worked for a small boutique that used to be on M Street called Fresh it was black owned little business a little boutique um they used to be next to oh my god what was that place not up against the wall but Commander Salamander yes they used to be by there like right yeah. around there so I worked there too and now I'm done so only like what no, 10 crazy. 15 retail jobs you reeled them so, off quick so did you with a Red Bull on the did table that explains yeah. everything did you go to school for any of this like maybe a fashion merchandising or something went to Marymount University in Arlington Virginia for fashion merchandising I minored in business right nice. and then when I graduated 
Um, and when I was in the school, I got really into like the whole aspects of like fashion show production. So I used to be a dresser at fashion shows, did wedding dress shows, did menswear shows and stuff like that. Menswear. And, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you must be so excited to work in fashion shows. It is, but when you're a dresser, you're in the back, you were all black and you change a whole bunch of skinny people, some of them that don't speak English. So I got very comfortable with like the human body fast because nothing will make you feel comfortable than just seeing skin run around back and forth. So <laughs> Skinny skin. No, seriously. I used to be like, oh my gosh, she's so tiny. Like if you blink, you miss them. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Any of my friends who are models, you are all beautiful inside and out. Shout out to the models. I have another quick question. Yes. Uh, Based on what you said earlier, you had mentioned ideally two weeks to a month of lead time in terms of marketing your events, right? So uh, what have you seen as being the most effective ways and the most effective avenues to market for pop-up events or like short period micro events going on in Uh, major cities? So, I mean... Funny enough, as crazy as I would say, Instagram is probably going to be your first platform. If you do um, Twitter, as annoying as Twitter is, I think Twitter is another way to kind of tweet, tweet, repeat that, get out there. Um, Third platform, which is still like, I call like Old Faithful, some people still check Facebook for events. People still check Facebook. I know it sounds crazy, but like... If no. you don't at least have the page or you don't at least have something that will bring that awareness, yeah. um, some you lose a certain base of clients that still hold on to Facebook. I'm I not going to hold why. you, but uh, my highest engagement rate for like bought tickets is on Facebook. It's, I'm telling you. it's by like 30 points. It's not even close. It's like, I don't Facebook know. Facebook just it, makes it so easy to find events. That's you can what it use is. different right. tags. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it for events. Right. So, like, Instagram is so you see the event. You're like, ooh. And it's like a flat. It's just like, because people's attention span, I think right. the research it's is like, what, 30 seconds or less than 30 seconds? Like so, yeah. It's, Probably far less. Right. So, it's just like, you need to be like, boom. This is happening. And then from there, they're going to hit every hashtag or hit what they're at to figure out where it's going to be, what day it is. Like, all that information. So you want Instagram to get the people interested. You want Facebook, so there's a plant, there's like a one area where they can always go consistently, where it's going to go. Because yeah, you yeah. put it on your stories and stuff like that, it's gone in 24 hours. Persons right. forgot about that. Right. Where can they go back to be reminded? Facebook. Right. Then, um, I mean, basics, it's just word of mouth. Word you of mouth actually have to get out there and meet people and tell them how excited you are about this event and... Put yourself in certain situations. I always try to go out on certain nights and like support my friends, support what they're doing, support my DJ, support my bartender, support all these people because at the end of the day, these connections you make are the same people that are going to support you when you need to be supported. Maintaining relationships. And you have to maintain relationships. It's the hardest. It's not hardest thing, but it's like the most important thing I think you have to do is retain these relationships. And so I have one more follow-up question before I leave it to the, to the fellows. Get your I've been hogging, off. Go I've ahead, been hogging all the questions. Okay. So you, you talked about maintaining relationships with different creatives because you never know when you're going to need to pull on some of those people or hire them, right? Or right. Staff. So staffing, right? You mentioned budgeting. you got to budget the people who are going to be required to execute the vision of the event, right? So uh, what have you learned over time in terms of keeping a Rolodex or pruning a Rolodex, or, you know, you know, in terms of reliable people to fill certain roles that you need? I mean, I think it's just through, I guess, all my experience in life with certain groups of people I've worked with, I've been really lucky to meet very interesting people. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm that person that 
I don't take everyone. I'm not a fake person. So if I don't, if I don't like you, I just don't like you. If I don't mess with you, I just don't mess with you. I'm not going to be real. fake about it. I'm never going to sit there and be like, hey, girl, hey. And then turn around and be like, that bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, Facts. Oh, my God. Hey. I swear, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah. Beep. Fuck okay. these bitches out oh, here, man. Likewise. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad. I'm like, oh, no, you good. Snap, no, 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 you're good. There's, there's, there's no FCC on no. this. As long as you don't curse more than me. I think that you have to just like, um, it's really about the experience I have with people and everything's trial and error. So I've reached out to people and I kind of cast a net and basically whoever takes that gig or takes that job, I'll mess with you again. Like I'll be like on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm looking for a photographer. This is the budget. It's $150, two hours. They want, you know, they want these prints and they want something on a zip drive. Who's interested. I'll just give the project, give the projects and the details. If someone says yes, then I'll let them know who it's for. And that's literally how, um, where I work now in seven words is how we um seven words yes and how i put on um this one photographer that actually he works for billy reed i saw him in an event my friend's like oh he's a photographer i basically put on instagram put it out there and was texting people like i need a photographer for a photo shoot the client is looking for sh- group shots for his company didn't say what company it was at first i go they only want to shoot for two hours and they only can pay like this much he was interested in ended up being for cotton and reed so like you never know the opportunities you're going to get but I never when I give people opportunities and when I ask my friends I never tell them exactly what it's from because I don't want people will always want to take the gigs where they think it's going to give them the most money and the most exposure and hypeness which is smart but at the end of the day I want you to know that you're going to support me because you're my friend and you know I need the support so that's why I never tell the client's name I just tell the details and that's what I tell you from my friend you would do it it was for a dollar but I always try the one thing I always try to do is Transparency. I like to be transparent, and I like to get the people paid. Where it matters. Yes. If I can pay you, that's the end game. Like, for all my friends, everyone who knows me, I'm a hustler who supports and celebrates other hustlers. So if I know you're out there doing your job and working hard, if there's any way I can repay you other than just showing my face and being there, if I can put money in your pocket, that's what I want to do at the end day. That's why I love what I do. That's why I work in seven words, because you work with all these small businesses. I want to put money in people's pockets. I want people to feel like they can keep doing what they're doing, succeed and sustain their business because this is your dream. Like everything, everyone in this room has a dream that they're doing and you want to be able to do what you love and get paid for it. That's like my happiness. So, so we've gone through your history. We've Uh, gone through your experience. What about what you do now? So you work for, I think you heard you drop in seven words. What's what's in seven words? What do you do there? (laughs) Et cetera. Yep. Had to do that little drop. Bing. Okay, Boom. so plug, plug. I swear, if you don't oh, pull in yeah. one plate, <laughs> I'm not watching. I'm sorry. She is killing my experience right now. I thought we had a hand signal and freaking everything. You see these long arms, like. Alexia anyway. is, is, is boss hog around here, so yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. take, 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 take it easy. I'm quiet on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having a connection. I feel like we're going to hang out again. Okay. In seven words. <laughs> so That's I work for In Seven Words. I'm the assistant manager there. And um, basically what it is is a smaller brick and mortar, but we house right now 22 smaller brands throughout the United States. We're nice. working on right now with contracts for local designers in the DMV. Mm. And we want to give them a space in which they can grow. They also can get mentored by the curator, Michelle Varian. Mm. So it's not just about, hey, give us your money and put your stuff in. They were like, hey, what stuff do you have? Do you have a website? Yeah. Where do you want this brand to go in the future? Mm. And helping, she even will help in with um, pricing. 
she'll be like, how much is this wholesale? And someone's like, $20. And they're like, oh, I'm selling it for 30 She goes, no, you should actually be selling it for 40 Because mm-hmm. you got to pay yourself. And you have to make sure to make a profit. Mm-hmm. So it's really... Mentorship. This, like, yeah, this spot is really not just about like shopping supporting these brands it's really about a community of smaller businesses so which we can help other people grow so you can stay sustainable because this is yeah it's more of a network like smaller businesses i think sometimes people think it's just like a hobby it's like no you're working this ah! ni- <laughs> right. right you're working this right. nine to five so you can do what you love right. it's like stay sane right that, that stay- might be the hobby part of it is right sane. <laughs> and i think that you know once you get inside a store, once you get inside a brick and mortar, the ideal is to continuously be able to sell your product, to have brand awareness to grow so you can maybe one day open up a second store location or even open up your first store location. A lot of the businesses in here, this is their first time being on a shelf. This is their first time not always having to do pop-ups or workshops. So it's that, it's kind of getting over that first hurdle. You're like, oh my gosh, I made it. How can I stay here? How can I grow? At In Seven Words, it's really about giving the education to these brands. And then within the space, we do events. We do workshops with other brands and companies outside. Hence, we're doing one with Trezo Beach. So true, true. we're going to do like, we do discussions kind of like um, about like the fashion culture or we'll do panels with women interior designing like we're working on all these ideas because we just want to keep like networking bringing people together so that um, I don't know so they can just I think the future of retail is going into smaller businesses I think ha <laughs> I win sorry what are you talking I, about? What do you mean you win? I'm sorry. I've been I've been explaining the same oh, wow. philosophy for the last I don't know thirty five podcast episodes that I think the future of entertainment is in, is intimacy. Yeah, we all agree with that. Yes. No, I just I just want to say oh, yeah. it to the people. You know what I'm saying? So like, we agree. This. We all agree. I just yeah. want to as the choir member you being at me preached with to. That shit. No, not you, you dog. <laughs> So Y'all were wrong. No, they agreed the so whole time. I'm about, to, I'm about to be controversial, just a smidge. Go ahead. What's the difference between you guys and like Made in DC or something? Shop Made in DC, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> I think the difference is because I don't think Shop Made in DC. I don't think they mentor, and I also know personally, without getting into details, the commission split on our store and their stores. The we purposely built it so the actual brand gets more back. Talk that money talk. Nah, we take. We I get th- messy on it. Go ahead. Let we it take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that at least for when it comes to certain pieces, and it's always based on one. The shelf life is different prices, so right, okay. it's not because guess is a platform we work on, and basically. Guess is the one that will help negotiate each contract. Each contract is based on how much your product charges. So, like, why would someone who's only selling a candle pay the same amount that someone is selling throws at different? You know, what I mean, if someone's candle's thirty-eight dollars and you're selling throws for like three hundred, why are you guys both paying five hundred dollars to be here for three months? That makes no sense. How can this one brand grow if they're paying so much just to be here? Mm-hmm. Everything's based on your product. On top of that, you get to choose if you want to be there for three months, for six to nine up to a year. So it's really up to you. You really are deciding where you want your company to go Mm. within our space. We're more of like, we are basically like, I'm trying to think of the right word to say it. It sounds like y'all are doing more to cultivate the actual. It's really about Michelle. Like like, it's not just, I give you the platform. I give you some information. It's more like, this is why this is this part of the information hits here. And this is why it's useful there. And in the long run, what like is trying to give you the whole shebang. It's like, I know it's really just trying to, 
educate you of how the way retail works. Right. I think that some people think that you just come in, you drop yourself into a location and you sell it. They don't realize that we need to know your inventory, we need to know the wholesale price, what's the retail price, how long do you want to be here, are we allowed to do sales? You really have to think business mind of being in a small brick and mortar. It gives you this opportunity to decide if you want to keep doing more consignments like this or pop shares or if you want to run your own business because these are all the things you're going to have and staffing the one thing that you're paying for too is that you don't have to pay someone to sell your stuff because we are selling your stuff right. but i just think in shopping dc sometimes focuses just on dc and maybe with in seven words we're really focused on the entire united states in a perfect world we'd have a brand from every state in the United States represented right. in our store. So someone from Michigan, someone from Montana, someone from Wyoming, you know what I mean? Like everywhere should be represented. Wyoming. Wyoming. Did I say it right? Yeah, you okay. Did. You did. But I just want, like, I think that's the end game because, you know, shopping DC and shopping your brand and stuff is amazing. But I'm technically not originally from DC. So, right. I mean. Where are you from? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. She already said it, baby. From the D. Mm-hmm. From the 313. But look. Lauren, I bangs with you the long way. I get way. one. I bangs with you the long way. I really, I really fuck with you. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk, but we don't have more time yeah, to talk. Gotta we got to close out. Uh, we don't have time for everybody to give out their tools. So to close out a show, close out each show, we have our guests give us a tool of the trade. It could be a metaphysical, physical, literal, emotional, psychological, partial, whatever, whatever tools that you're using to get from point A to point B this week. Tell us that. Give us your socials, and then we're going to tell the people bye-bye. Okay, so... What I do to get through, I guess, this week and every week, I honestly like hustle, pray, and giggle. I <laughs> hustle, pray, and giggle. Them, That's like better that. than you create love. Yeah, it's hustle, like, pray, and giggle. And giggle. Yeah. Honestly, because I'll be hustling, working every single day, 14 plus hour week. Sometimes I pray every day that I can keep my body moving. And I, I just, I'm a giggle person. I just laugh. You got to laugh at some of the things in life. It gets you by, like, especially what's going on now. So. Just Facts. giggle a little bit. Facts. Um, I guess all those social handles and stuff. Tell um, the people where they can find you. You can find me at on Instagram at, at littlehustler83. And it's not like Little Wayne, Little it's Hustler. It's little. the actual word little. <laughs> little. L-I-T-T-L-E-H-U-S-T-E-R 83. Little Hustler 83. L and hustler. I said L. The, the second L. We got to run that back to find out. Wait, but until... Ellery, <laughs> <laughs> no, I said Ellery. We want to thank y'all for listening to the gems that we dropped. If you in the event coordination space, you need to replay this joint one more time. Yeah, this thank y'all class. for listening to the Overshow podcast. She dropped all the gems. She did. Oh. Until next week. See you next week. Peace. Thank Peace. you.